love to talk. So they made a podcast. And that's why we're here. To listen in. And what's it called? It's called Banter Buddies. Welcome to episode 31 of Banter Buddies. Brian and Neil are here with you because we're the hosts of this show. That's how it works. Brian, hello, greetings. How are ya? Neil, hello. Doing well. I saw you today, Neil, for the oh. first time in a long time. Maybe. What? Yeah, we eight get... weeks. How long has it been? We did a band practice today. Oh my gosh, I mean, it's been a long time. When's the last time we actually practiced and not just like like did a practice and uh, not just like, hey, you want to like sing the song one time on the drive to the show? How, how long have we ever done? A, have we ever practiced? Did we even just practice before our first show ever? No, I think we had to have, right? I mean, I think we. It's hard to say because. Obviously, when you're in a band like ours, you know, practice is very minimal. It's like it really, you know, sometimes we would like do a song like in the car, you know, like on the way to the show, maybe like, oh, we're going to do this new song. Let's just put the instrumental on the stereo and then just like do the words like. So for us, I think it gets blurry because it's we need so little to actually practice. Like a lot of bands, they have to go to like their own space or something like that. And they have all the gear and all, all that. So. Um, you know, but today was definitely a, uh, a more, uh, purposeful, uh, many, many songs being played. And, uh, it's because this has been a big, a big gap for us. Usually, you know, we're good to go because we've usually played a show in the last, uh, seven days or 10 days or something like that. It's uh, pretty rare for us to have, uh, the break that we had, which I think was like since October or something like that, like October until, uh, here, yeah, the beginning of February here. So that's quite the break. It's quite the break. It's it's quite the break indeed. It was nice to see you, Neil. Remember, uh, like two weeks ago, when I said, "Hey, let's do four practices," and you laughed at me and said, "Ha ha ha, let's do two. And I said, two? Shouldn't we take this more seriously?" And then I canceled the second practice just to do one. Yeah, that was. Oh, good times. It just it just goes to show, guys, that uh, you know. There's other things more important, you know? There's other yeah. things. <laughs> Sometimes things get in the way, and then you have to fall back on the fact that you've never really practiced before, so it's probably okay, right? It's kind of that whole Sometimes thing. your kids wake up at 4.30 a.m., yeah. and you can't practice that night because you're tired. Yeah. You're yeah. tired. That's what happens, Neil. That's what happens. I, I totally understand. Neil, how you doing? I didn't even – did I ask you? You asked me. How you doing, Neil? How you oh, doing? I'm doing great, and, uh, yeah, we were hanging out, and, um, you know, I don't know why we didn't record the podcast at that time. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's easier to do this show – uh, you know, we, we've kind of gotten into a routine here with the remote record. You know, we've done one or two together in the past, but uh, you know, I think we have a good thing going here with the with the Zoom. It's hard to look at somebody in the eyes for that long. Mm, yeah. Whew. You know, like when you talk to your dad, whatever, and you kind of just have to be standing next to him and looking out at something else, and you don't look at each other. You know. Yeah, and I, I get that, and also, you know, I think most podcasts that wouldn't be an issue, but for us. You know, it's it's nearly a two-hour show every week, so it's just it's a long it's a long uh, time to you know to to look at somebody for. So it's it really is a length thing more than anything else, I think. Yeah, going uh, completely off topic. Um, when we had our friend say recently, like, "Hey, you know, I I could be on your podcast." I I I let it I let it ride a little bit. I did chuckle under my breath, like, "You've never listened to the podcast." Like, 
Mm. There will be no guests ever. And um, because then the pod would be three hours because we're not going to like, we're not going to cut out of our talking time. You know what I mean? For like somebody else. This is us to our time to banter. That's right. Yeah. We got, we, do you uh, think we're going to banter? Do you think we're going to banter less during shows because we're getting it all out here? Or that's a great question. Our banter hmm. is going to up its ante because like we're practiced. Well, you know, the show, this show, this podcast has been happening, you know, for over a year now. And we have played a couple shows since then. And I didn't really know there was much of a difference. So I think, you know, be, because the the banter on this show is usually pretty, pretty focused. You know, it's it's pretty much on the topic at hand. You know, maybe a little stuff here at the top that's not really relevant or whatever. Whereas I think in the show... It's really kind of about anything that's happening at the show, which is sort of different every single time. Pretty rogue, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's, um, you know, it's a different kind of banter for sure. So there's not really like, um, you know, it's not like we're stepping on the toes of the other thing. So I think they can both exist. And like you said, we just, we we have a lot to say. So I think it uh, really gives us a lot of room to spread out. Well, I think that leads us to what's the question this week? Yeah, we have uh, Cuckoo Voicemail here, and we wanted to know what's the worst job you've ever had and uh, what made it quite so bad. So, uh, yeah, lots of uh, employment. We're talking employment. We're talking jobs, gigs. What's other ways to say that stuff? Could have been uh, a chore. Chore. Yep, yep, totally. Yep, we, uh, you know, I think this is more, we're going to get mostly adults calling in here. But, uh, you know, I think we had uh, one or two kids. And, yeah, chores are, are work. And, and, you know, maybe... It's a work that you can, um, you know, you think would be really bad. Maybe if you're a kid and don't have a job yet, it's more like, oh, what you think would be tough. But um, I started delivering yeah. papers at 13. Then I got my first job sharpening skates at 15. Wow. So yeah, I guess it was about. I'm trying to think. My first job, well, first technical job was uh, was uh, babysitting. You know, I did that before I did like lifeguarding and teaching swim lessons. That so. makes me smile every time I hear that. I just think, uh, yeah. What a cute babysitter you would have been. Well, and it's it was, you know, babysitting is kind of a casual thing in a lot of ways, you know, for people, oh, go next door, babysit, or, you know, maybe it's even like, oh, I'm babysitting for like my younger siblings or something like that. But I think for me it was uh, a little more official seeming because I went to like a Red Cross like class in like Burnsville, Minnesota, like a, like a four-hour sort of like one day like afternoon thing. It was like CPR training and – a lot of other things about like kids as far as like cutting up food and you know I was again I was in middle school I was probably like a sixth grader or something <laughs> you know what I mean I'm like, like I'm like twelve you were or thirteen a kid. You yeah were a kid I am a kid who's just like taller or whatever and uh, but I was somehow yeah I was in this class and yep and then I just babysat for these neighbor kids down the street for a while so that was my first job it was not my worst job though but that's about the age I started too so I think we're kind of Neil in the same I boat babysat there. for a neighbor two down yeah and well now we know because i had my tonsils and uvula removed for sleep apnea (laughs) but i like i fell asleep and all the doors were locked like with the tv on like must have been like 9 30 or something like that and my parents woke me up before the other parents came home because they came to check on me like by banging on the glass of the window i like was so freaked out and i never babysat ever again That's such a great story. Like they were like you were checking on the kids and then your parents were checking on you. <laughs> and you had like yeah. you had I was fallen just out. They're trying to wake me up. They're like, This kid fell asleep. This kid oh always falls asleep. Gosh, that's so funny. That, ugh. 
It's one of the worst things you could do. But uh, I love hearing about people's worst jobs. I think it's so interesting. I think it says a lot about people. I I think it's a great conversation topic for for gatherings. So yeah, yeah. I know people may think it like, oh, cuckoo, a negative tone, worst. But it's like, no, that's a it's a it's a badge of honor, and it's fun fun to hear some stories, some wild ones. I'm excited to hear people's stories. Yeah, you got you got a worst job, Neil. What you got? Yeah, my worst job was um, you know something that I did sort of recently, kind of one of the last jobs I had before uh, you and me were able to go full time with this stuff over here. But um, yeah, so after college, I was working um, at a lot of like restaurants and um, serving jobs and stuff like that, and uh, most of them were great. Uh, my main serving job was at Target Field, where the Minnesota Twins uh, played baseball. I helped open that uh, that stadium, working on the suite level. I think for the first three seasons they were uh, there, which I think was the summer of 2010, 11, and 12, maybe 13. I can't really remember. But so that is, you know, by definition, a seasonal job, right? The Twins play MLB happens all summer, so like April to September, essentially is when that would happen, and if there's a game, I was working. If there wasn't, I wasn't. So, um, you know, I had to find other jobs for, like, the winter, you know. So I'd have, like, my summer job, work in Target Field. Then I'd get, like, another serving job typically to get me through the winter. And one of the jobs I picked up one year was uh, working at a piano bar um, downtown Minneapolis. Oh, my gosh, here. I forgot you worked there. Yeah, I worked there for one winter. It's called uh, Howl at the Moon. It's a uh, chain of uh, of uh, dueling piano bars. Uh, there's probably one near you, uh, dear listener out there. There's, I think there's probably like 15 of them nationwide. There's like one on a cruise ship somewhere, I think, like Carnival Cruise or something. So it's, uh, you know, you've been to dueling piano bars. You know what the scene is. And, uh, you know, it wasn't too bad. Uh, the people I worked with weren't, weren't too bad and stuff. And I've worked at, you know, venues, um, you know, in the past, working the door, you know, working security, cleaning up. Uh, that kind of thing before. So it was similar to that because, hey, there's like live music going on inside and you're just kind of like keeping an eye on everything while people drink and have a good time. But this was just this was hard because I had to work outdoors a lot. That was pretty much the worst thing about this is that I had to check. Were you a bouncer? IDs. What were- <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah, I was I was a part of the security team. I, I never you know, I never had to really do any. I guess maybe there's one or two times you had to kick somebody out because they were too intoxicated or whatever but uh, the worst part about it was that we had to work the door and work outside like before when I worked the door at other venues it was like you step in to the venue and then there I am uh, trying to take your ticket or sell you a ticket or whatever inside with like a little space heater at my feet nice and cozy whereas this was like yeah you're outdoor like working the line it's like a line down the block and you got to like check IDs and then give people wristbands while they're waiting because it's it's at capacity inside and it's like one in one out like that whole thing and it was just so cold and yeah we had to rotate so that you know a couple people were inside while a couple people were outside but it was just it was just hard to work there i mean the clientele just 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 you know was just kind of rude and would just get way too out of control and all the same songs would be playing all the time you know i have certain songs now that are kind of like piano bar songs unfortunately and stuff like that so it was it was just rough it was just super cold and uh you know a lot of late nights taking out garbages and dealing with drunk people and <laughs> all that kind of stuff so it was a really hard job to have here in the dead of winter in minnesota so i have i've been blessed to not have really like any other bad jobs 
but this one was rough, and thankfully it was just uh, one winter long. So that's mine, working the door at, uh, at Howl at the Moon. There you go. Man, chilly, chilly. So my cold. Mom, <laughs> my mom being the recess lady for the elementary school, she has mm. like every piece of like warm gear possible. Sure, she, she puts knows on all the tricks. Every she does recess and then pick up drop off. And so she's just like, her coat is like, she like sews extra layers into it. So to get ready. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good worst job, Neil. Yeah. That's it, I thought you were going to go the, the angle of like, I heard don't stop believing 3,000 times <laughs> every night. That's a small part of it. That is a little annoying to kind of, yeah, think of like these. These sort of like wedding songs that are now like, but now you know like the piano version, just like the just piano. But I don't know if you guys have been to a piano bar lately, or maybe it's just this place, but now they have like all these other instruments that like the piano players can play. Like they can do like make a beat like with the drums, uh, only they're just using their fingers like on the keys, you know. There's like a percussion section on there and stuff. And it's like, oh, it's like a keyboard. It's like a keyboard that you play like doing the high, like, like but it's like yeah it's pretty cool that you can do that don't get me wrong these these people are crazy talented but it's a little bit rushed or it's a little bit off it's like it's not worth it you know what i mean just play the piano and sing the songs like don't worry about doing the for the hip-hop oh, I see. Songs. they're doing the beat while they're playing piano or it's like the person across from them like the other p- pianist is like oh, doing right, the beat. there's, two, there's two but it's like okay you can't keep with it and you know even if you're a really good drummer like keeping a beat on like piano keys is pretty tough to do so you know there's little things like that the yeah, what year was this? What this was, was the probably hot song 2012, 2013. Uh, I don't really remember exactly what the hot songs are, but they almost never play those, right? It's all like that's true. It's all I throwback stuff. Yeah. It's 80s stuff. It's just like wedding songs, essentially. Just think like that. But yeah, there's probably some hip hop stuff that they were playing, or some like Katy Perry songs. They were, you know, some sort of like whatever the hot pop stuff from that uh, <laughs> that winter was. But Howl at the Moon, uh, go check them out and have a good time. But um, you know, make sure you're nice to the staff. Is it still open? Well. Uh, not the one here but i think they're in business what's the other, other one places. what's the other dueling piano uh, bar the, the other one was shout original. shout house is that uh, still open it was the one in block e and then it went to where the quest used to be oh that's uh, right, kind that's of right. Yeah, i yeah. think i think they are i'm not sure post pandemic but before that i think they made it anyway yeah. that's rough piano times. bar stuff rough times for piano bar what was your worst job i have a guess of what i think it was but i'm gonna let you go ahead and uh and reveal it first okay i Looking back, I have worked a lot of jobs, and it's very <laughs> unique that how many jobs I worked and how much I worked, knowing that I really have nothing to spend any money on and don't really have any use for money. <laughs> besides, yeah. besides just like piling it up. Or, I, yeah, anyways. Okay, so senior year of high school, summer before college, I was dating this girl, and her dad's her dad, through his friend, had this... So I was working at the country club doing like banquet serving for weddings. And then they had this other job that like girlfriend's dad's friend like and his son were going to do this thing. What I did was I went to 32 Menard stores around the Midwest in a very specific part aisle. I took this whole aisle of these tiny little packets of like tubes and like filter tubing and stuff like that like real tiny like washers and things like that and instead of um organizing them in size order i organized them in color order (laughs) so that's what i did i messed up and the first trip out 
Uh, we, uh, I wore a blue shirt, the same Menards color blue. That was so I got asked. I couldn't even do my job. I just got asked like where things were the whole time. That was foolish. But it was so the job itself we got really good at. But it was just uh, this one other guy I was working with. If you're working with one other person and you have to drive around the Midwest and sometimes like sleep in hotels with this person, I hope that you can like be able to talk. And I'm a pretty open, friendly person, but uh, I did not get along with this person very well. And it was uh, it was a rough gamble. And also just like doing this one thing in the single Menards is kind of weird. Like we weren't really supposed to be there, but they wanted us there from like the agent. Maybe it doesn't sound that bad as I say it now, but I sure didn't like it at the time. No, it paid decent though. This was this is what I was gonna guess. This was definitely the Menards gig was what I was gonna guess. For real? I've yeah. talked about it before. Oh yeah, well not on the show, but you've talked to me about it, and I, like thinking yeah. back at your jobs, I feel like this would be the one that you might say uh, wasn't working for you. So, but you had to essentially install. Was it a display? Was it like a toilet or or like a um, like a sink display of some sort of, of some sort? You were doing every it, single time. It was a whole like. At the time, it wasn't like a tall aisle. Menards has now like re-renovated most of their things, but it was a mm-hmm. short aisle, so it was about like five. The cap was like five, it was like five feet tall, but like twelve feet long. So it was like a mini aisle in between aisles. Yeah, you can kind of see over these, it. Yeah, these little like washer things in baggies, but the baggy cover had the logo, but the they were different colors. And so they wanted to reorganize how they like looked in all the Menard stores, but Menard's employees wouldn't do it. So, so they had crazy. to hire like us two people to go and do that, like take them all off the like long threaded thing and then put them in a different way. <laughs> so I, don't know. I love it also because it's like it's it's like there's no way to apply for that job. Yeah, yeah. You just like knew someone and and they were like, "Yep, you can do this." <laughs> You are qualified for this, like nineteen year old or eighteen year old, however old you were. <laughs> maybe, yeah. uh, maybe I was hanging out. Maybe I was hanging out with uh, my high school girlfriend like too much, and right, her right. dad is like, "I got to get this guy out of here." Yeah, and you know, now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, Brian, it really was a really was a precursor to doing doing cuckoo kangaroo tours. I mean, you're driving around to the different places, but then once you get to the place, you're doing the same thing. You know, that's like, true. It, prepared, it is very it was, much it like prepared being me. <laughs> where like now, the actual the thing, traveling though, is at, like the most unique part. Like moving from city to city is like what's different every day. And the actual show is like what's the same for the most part every day. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got it right there. <laughs> hey, I always I do think, though, that all the like I look back at some of the rough stuff that's happened in my life, whatever. But I don't I wouldn't like wish it away because it like always like led to something else, you know. For so. Sure. Yeah, we're just uh, you know, it's overall it's all good, but for the purposes of this program today, we have to pick, you know, our worst. Neil, it was a crappy jobs. job. It was real bad. It was real bad. <laughs> I'm happy I'm not doing it anymore. I'll yeah, say that. Yeah. I'll throw it there down. There you go. That's right. It's okay to have that. But yeah, that's uh that's what we're talking about and um well, I'm excited to hear what people were getting Ooh. into. It's just it's just fun to hear about people's jobs even if they're you know, it's unfortunate if they didn't go well, but it's it's also just interesting to sort of hear what else is out there. Like, like you, like the thing you just explained of like travel, like you're saying, you can't like apply for that. Like, even knowing that's a thing is just like so hard. So it's like, 
what what are we going to be getting into here? The like jobs that we have. Oh, that's a thing you can do. What? So uh, yeah, we got uh, we got seven colors here today. So we got uh, we got to jump right into it. Brian, are you ready to to hear what what kind of voicemail we got? I'm ready. All right, here we go. First caller. Hey, this is Spencer from Washington. Um, I always have to say I wanted to call. Um, I always have to say that the worst job I've ever worked was performing um, in front of, like, a school auditorium. Um, I always paid part-time as an actor to show up and do sort of dance along with music, which is why I find the dancing along you two do very funny. Um, I now work in classrooms as, as, a, as a teacher for students in special ed, um, and your movies and your videos rather are a big hit. Anyway, that's my worst job. All right, Spencer, there we go. Maybe Maybe first time caller there spencer we love to love to hear here um, welcome new folks um spencer right there from washington maybe dc maybe state probably state um you know i feel like if you're from dc you either just say dc or you say washington dc so there you go what are spencer. these i want to see these videos i i know i you know spencer very vague here with what it is uh performing in front of a school auditorium all right Paid part time as an actor to show up and dance along. Um, Was this auditorium filled with kids? Because then that <laughs> might be rough. Yeah, I wonder. Because it's like, and it's interesting because it's like, okay, you were hired as an actor to show up. And so that I got questions about that too. Is this something that Spencer applied for? Does he have, he must not have any other sort of, or had any sort of like acting, um, you know. It's weird that he would get this job and not be into the like performing in front of people, but then it's like, how do you get the job if he doesn't have any experience as an actor? <laughs> right? So, uh, so many questions here, uh, Spencer, but that's all right. I mean, uh, I wonder how hey, old. A bad job's a bad job. How yeah. old Spencer was, because yeah, that can be really tough when you're, especially when you're really young to, I mean, it's, I think it's scary for, you know, adults have problems speaking in front of people and doing stuff like that. So you're talking that's about. That's why we created a whole gimmick act, Neil. <laughs> that's I don't right. like talking in front of people. No, but when you put on a costume and uh, there's like dance, like specific dance moves to do, well, there you go. That's a whole different thing. I so, know. Mask, uh, mask yourself. Mask yourself Spencer, up. you got to start a dance duo. That's what I say. <laughs> it's the only way. Yeah, I feel like he could, um, you know, be someone who could eventually come around to this kind of thing. Just just takes a little more practice. I think what he's leaving, Spencer's leaving out here is that all the kids, you know, all the fifth and sixth graders that they had to perform in front of at the auditorium at that weird uh, church show for their like first communion or whatever it was, confirmation. Uh-huh. And they had Jimmy John's and they threw all the mayo packets at him. Was that Spencer or was that us, Neil? Uh, it sounds a little familiar, but maybe maybe Spencer's heard of that as well. I and think. maybe he was so shocked and awed that none of the adult supervisors stopped the kids from throwing mayo packets at the band that they paid very little to perform in front of. So I don't know. Maybe that was Spencer too. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. In this hypothetical situation, I think the adults and the supervision were okay with what was happening. At that moment, you know what I mean. They were um, they, they they were happy with what their students were um, doing um, to those people. So I do specifically remember them throwing the mayo packets at us. That was wild and not mustard. And it's so weird because I don't really see like fifth and sixth graders being like, like, oh, I love mustard so much. 
I like, think I think it was just a matter of the mayo packets are larger and denser. From Jimmy John's? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Specifically, Jimmy John's mayo packets are just so much denser. And it really, you know, you have a better chance of leaving a welt if, uh, you know, you whip one of those, uh, you know, mayo packets uh, versus a much lighter, um, you know, mustard or ketchup or something. That's my guess anyway. All right. You're right. Well, uh, I don't think. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Good right. times, Spencer. Thanks for the call. Who's calling ne- again? Who's next? Hey, Neil. Hey, Brian. This is Cynthia from Portland, Oregon. So the worst job I ever had. It actually wasn't that bad. But here's what the problem was. It was at a country western restaurant in Redding, California. I was a waitress. I had to wear this really ridiculous outfit every day. Um, to work and we had to listen to country western music all day which is definitely not my favorite so that wasn't so bad but here is the trouble we had a lot of cockroaches there would be cockroaches that would run across the table and then there was a problem one night where um, after work we kept hearing some noises and the manager and i ended up staying after until like two o'clock in the morning setting mouse traps and we caught dozens and dozens and dozens of mice all over the place in the eating areas, in the kitchen. And there was this big giant um, thing called the grease rag pile that we'd have to keep an eye on in case it caught fire. So we had to um, serve food knowing all of this, which was really, really hard, um, knowingly giving people food that was super gross. Um, I would never, ever eat there. So I would avoid Redding, California anyway, but um, definitely don't go to any country western restaurants there. Glad it's over. All right. Have a great day. Bye, guys. Wow, the dirt. Wow, dissing the whole city. You know, up until that very last thing, the whole thing I was thinking the whole time was like, hey, we've never played Redding, California. We We should try try to get a show there. (laughs) Oh, wow. But This uh, makes me want to play Redding, California now more. That sounds great. Yeah, this has been a this has been a ringing endorsement uh, for 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 Redding and and really the whole area, you know. Of uh, I think it's kind of up in northern northern California. Yeah, it's north of Sacramento uh, up there. Oh, it's so. way up there. It's, it's but not all the there. way. But it's it's up there a bit. You know who would love this restaurant, Neil? Is uh, Corey from Super Fun Yeah Yeah Rocket Ship? Oh yeah. Speaking of that area too, right? The, <laughs> he took us to the Buck Owens spot, which is well, yeah. Where I suppose, was that? That was Bakersfield. No, that's Bakersfield. Yeah, that's yeah, north that's, of L.A. So yeah. more south. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Now this, uh, you know, gosh, you know, I have a real soft spot for country music. And also outfits too, uh, yeah. so this actually does sound fun, but not bugs. But but not not the bug mice, <laughs> the grease pile stuff, and and then probably management being like, you can't say a thing or else. You know what I mean? Like knowing uh. that's probably the hard part. But all the like shtick that sounds really fun. I remember yeah. like when I was a host at Applebee's, I loved I loved singing the song and like bringing out the the like birthday like lava cake or whatever mm-hmm, like with mm-hmm. the candle in it. And I remember I got yelled at by one of the senior servers being like, you can't be in the front anymore. You're just a host. You have to be in the back. And I was like, I just want to sing happy birthday. You're too tall and your red hair is blocking the way, Brian. Get, get in the back. I had that song down. <laughs> that song okay, down. So, you know, this is, we, we, you just got done saying that we had, you know, both worked in restaurants and serving positions and stuff. 
Brian, have you ever had anything like this happen at a restaurant you worked at where there was like a problem like this, like a bug or a uh, critter problem or just anything like this where it's like, oh, man, if people knew <laughs> what happens behind the scenes? Because personally, I didn't. You know, I worked at, you know, I didn't work, you know, these places for long, but they were mostly new establishments. I opened this other restaurant after that called Smack Shack in, um, in the North Loop. Minneapolis area. So it was mostly like newer places. I guess some older venues I worked in. That's different. They're not serving food like a real restaurant. Have you ever seen anything like this? Have you ever had a mouse or or a bug problem at any of the places you worked? No, this is wild. This is wild. I've worked I've worked fancy places, big and little. I've worked a lot, you know, chain, chain massive national chain stuff. And then like I even worked in in high school, I worked at the local pool like concession stand where like seasonal like definitely that should have had like something in like the ice cream cones or something, but it wasn't. So this is this is next level. This is next level. So we have to we have to maybe we should heed Cynthia's warning. I don't know about this. So yeah, this, this is, sounds rough. This sounds rough. This so. is rough. She didn't she uh, she didn't name names though. She did not. Um did not True. name the, the name of the. We would legally have to bleep this out just with the uh-huh. popularity of this podcast. Yes, but she did say the name of the town and uh, you know the the very very specific theme. So she did trash the town and the mayor. So you know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's hard. You might be banned uh, potentially for that. <laughs> but yeah, I hope. Uh, I don't know this this kind of thing. It's it's, it's hard to hear about, but it's also like I'm the kind of person that if. As long as I don't know what's happening, I'm not going to, like, dwell on this, you know? Like, I don't, like, think about this when I'm at a restaurant. Like, oh, I wonder if they got cockroaches back there. So it's all good. Out of sight, out of mind. But that was a good call. Good one there from Cynthia out of Portland. Thank you very much. Let's keep it rocking. Next caller. Hey, guys. It's BJ calling from Dallas again. So my worst job was the times I worked as a sales rep for a company that sold Bell South phone services like DSL and things like that. The reason I took the job was because my dad convinced me that if I somewhat worked for Bell South, that it could be a foot in the door into working in their technology field. Well, that didn't work at all. It was completely 100% sales. There's a bunch of reasons why I hated it, but these are the top ones. First, I I don't really have a lot of, uh, I didn't really have a lot of training to be a salesperson. So that was a problem right off the bat. Plus, I'm not really a people person, so that didn't really help much either. Second, which I think is the biggest reason, the work environment was horrible. I had to walk around to various mom-and-pop shops outside wearing a three-piece suit in the middle of June in Florida, which you can imagine is around 90 to 100 degrees, trying to sell them the Bellasoft services. And to top it all off, this was during the time when Bellasoft was in the process of merging with AT&T. And a lot of the businesses that I went to already had AT&T, and they made the point that it made no sense to switch to Bell South just to end up switching back to AT&T. So although they made a really good point, um, it just made things really difficult to try to convince them to switch to Bell South anyways, which is why I had to do as part of the job to make the sale. So, yeah, it only lasted a total of four days, and it was just overall miserable. So to recap, you have me, who is not a people person, walking around in a three-piece suit during the hot, sweaty, summer Florida heat, trying to convince small businesses to switch to Bell South, which was pointless to do since Bell South was already planning on merging with AT&T that they already had in place. And that, my friends, is the worst job I ever had. 
All right, BJ. BJ is really good at doing these calls, Brian. Recap? Wow. He got wow. a recap in there. He got, he got, yeah, the recap and then the – so that is <laughs> – I laughed and he's like, it was four days long. That was great. That was great. <laughs> Although, like, having to wear a three-piece suit. Oh, the door, door to door. Door to door is hard. Three-piece <sighs> suit. Heat of July Ugh. in Florida. That's right. You know, BJ likes to only live in hot places. Texas and Florida. Oh. This sounds like some. This sounds like a job he had in, like, the like 1960s or something. Like, <laughs> it sounds like so, like, not even like the, tel- like, obviously, yeah, the telephone part of it is, like, vintagey but just like yeah going door to door all these businesses got to wear the suit like the business made him wear the suit like here you have to do this this will help you sell more and <laughs> so ridiculous that is wild yeah and i'm glad to hear it was only four days and you know what that counts too i hope all of these you know terrible jobs that we're hearing about on this podcast i hope the people that worked them got out <laughs> when they could but unfortunately unfortunately a lot of these are like you know you're young and it's just like yeah this is it this is what i'm doing doesn't matter how bad it is you don't see that you can just go out and do something do something different it's like no oh, i'm sticking this out you know so uh that's interesting but yeah don't i've never done sales like this um brian and and i don't think i ever really could i think the closest thing i had to sales was the job you and I had in college, which was called Phonathon, which is when we would um, phone uh, alumni of our college that we were at at the, at the moment. My Saint gosh, Grace we had university. that job too. I forgot about and that. And we had to call people and ask them to give money to the university, um, which was a fun. It sounds like an awful job, and that is kind of a tough. It is tough. It is a form of sales. But the way that we set it up and everything made it more fun. And it was like a really small school. So you'd get like set up with like, oh, we were we were music kids. So we would like call other people who were musicians and choir people and stuff. So you, they, they set you up for success relatively well. But I've never the done The work like environment a, was really fun, too. It was our, a really our boss, fun. Bob, was the best. So. Really fun work environment. But I, so I'm saying that's like the closest to sales as I could get. Because all the retail things I worked, it, doesn't, it wasn't on commission. Whereas like this sounds like it was like a you get paid or you get like you know your rank based on like how well you do how many actual sales are you making here i just i can't imagine doing that kind of work i yeah on commission i i do want to someday just have a whole podcast where you just talk about when you worked at (laughs) the kohl's department store (laughs) and sold shoes like i just yeah, we'll when are you to... gonna put out the playlist that you've been making of all the songs? Oh, yeah. Like only the twenty songs they played over the PA system. Right, I'll Coles, do it. Th- I'll do it this shoes. week. You just reminded me that it existed, so I gotta get back to that. I made a Coles playlist, so we gotta put that out on Spotify, and Apple Music. Um, okay, I'll tell you the actual bad part about this about BJ's yeah, about yeah. BJ's job. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the thing when somebody of like a point of authority in your life tells you to do this job because it will get you something else oh yep there's two times that happened to me i remember like i quit the boy scouts at like life or something like that it's like it's like i think life's before eagle or something like that oh life is like a status Life, life is like life a is a rank. Yes, yes, it's a rank. Yeah, sorry. Rank. Brian is an Eagle Scout, so that means there's. I, see, I thought that was the top. I thought Eagle Eagle was the is. Top. So I quit then, and then my parents, because I just was not. I love the troop master, but was not vibing with the other like kids mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, at all. Mm-hmm. 
But my parents convinced me, they're like, you got to go back because you're going to get this. You'll get a scholarship and like someday like you'll get a job because you'll write that you're an Eagle Scout and they'll hire you because of that. And I was like, Mm. all right, I'll do it. I did the Eagle Project. I went back and got like had to get like 15 more merit badges and stuff like that. And I got it all done before my 18th birthday. And then I just remember like I applied to all the Eagle Scout stuff and like wrote all the college like money on there and it was just like nah didn't get any of that i mean whatever that happens sometimes but i did another job where i worked for a company just like a tech company or like something like that and trying to get like what bj's talking about like for a reason like this is gonna get you this and they're like it doesn't it's like ah (laughs) (laughs) Ah." yeah yeah it doesn't always lead to the next thing even though you think it might you Uh, just gotta try you just gotta keep trying but yeah, all this stuff, all this stuff, I think about uh, Calvin Hobbes because the dad in Calvin Hobbes, w- whenever Calvin would complain about like a job or something like terrible he had to do, his his response was it builds character. So ah. uh, so that's always well, that's what we're doing here. Uh, you know, BJ had to walk in the three piece suit in the, in the Florida heat. Ah, builds character, made you who you are today, BJ. There you go. <laughs> Just thinking about that with all these people. I but, saw uh, the I saw uh, the the two like. Um, what do they call it when they put all of the comics together? The Calvin and Hobbes, oh, the big yeah, books. Yeah, the trade or the... The trade, yeah. 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 I saw them at the library, and I had them as so a kid. Good. I might I might check them out again just to like show my boys how great Calvin and Hobbes is. Remember we had all four of them? Didn't Rob bring them in our, like, in our college dorm? Yeah. Didn't we have all yeah, of them? I, yeah, I, we were just... Rob ch- has, like, like, all of them. I have a couple, so... Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Gotta have Calvin's that. Calvin's number one. Gotta have that Calvin. All right, thanks, BJ, for the call. Who's next? Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Max, and I'm from Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, if you didn't guess. And uh, the worst job I've ever had is um, I worked at the University of Minnesota Alumni Call Center, and we were calling graduates of the University of Minnesota and asking them to, to donate to the school and its programs and the worst parts about it were um, uh, a heist culture that I couldn't get behind because it was, you know, you got, like, for raising money, you were able to get, like, I don't know, rewards and stuff like that. And you were always calling people who were already just, like, in financial trouble because of the university itself. And, uh, yeah, I faked the doctor's note to get out of work for a while. And then once they figured out that I didn't have, like, a stomach condition – they told me that uh, I need to keep working, and uh, then I quit. The end. Then I quit. Oh, it'd be funny. It'd be, it'd be funny if, like all of them end, ended that way of like, <laughs> then I quit. Click. And then, yeah, I wish I heard a dial tone like click and hang up like that. <laughs> yeah, Neil, we were just I talking see. about our job as call center. What a coincidence! Here, should have looked ahead to see what uh, Max was writing about. But yeah, same gig, and uh, I get it. It's it's awkward. To call people, it's like it's almost like a cliche job too of like, oh, you're calling, you're calling for the school, and it's like, oh, it's always dinner time, or you're always interrupting, and oh, it's like the, it's like the one now? call that you don't want to get. It's like any, even if it's like, oh, this is the school I used to go to, so I have some affinity for them. Like being call, being called by someone asking for money, whether it's like the phone company or cable or anything like that, you just don't want to be in that situation, even if like you're coming from a good place or, or whatever. So I get it. It's It can be awkward for sure. If we did not have like a fun, goofy environment and like play, remember I was like a manager, so I was like a supervisor or something like that. And we yeah. had like make up games like for like, yeah. like things that would happen. Like 
if somebody like said this word on the call or something like that, you like get the, let's get to the phones. Let's get, I don't know. I, I, for some reason I had a really fun time doing that, but I can see if you did, if you did not, that would be a grind. That job could be a real grind. I think the things that helped us. Yeah, it was that, which I think Max was trying to say in here too. They were doing something like that where there was like incentive, like for the people calling, if you can get maybe not like how much money you got them to go for, but just like tallying up how many yeses you got or something like that. Like that probably happens everywhere. It makes a lot of sense, right? Like, just like, you know, it's, it's just an incentive type of program there. But the other thing was I remember our shifts only being like an hour max, which was really nice that it wasn't like all day you're doing this or for even two hours, I feel like. Would yeah, be anybody much, that so. worked in a real call center for like 10 hours a day yeah. is like, oh. these guys are wusses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we had a short period of time to do it too. But, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that people, this is, you know, it's like calling and, you know, around like election time and asking if they have a minute for, you know, to secure your vote with so-and-so. It's just, it's really thankless and it, people, you really are just cold calling people, asking them for money. And like Max says, if you think about it, there's, you know, a lot of people who it's just like, no, I'm still in my student loans. Like even, you know, whenever this was 10 years ago for us, like we were getting that too, you know, of people being buried in debt and they know you're asking so there's a lot of bitterness too that can go with it some of these people even if they talk to you most of the time they just like hang up on you or whatever so i did get a phone call like the year after we graduated and it was like even though i appreciated the call center and the person calling and i knew what it was like so i didn't want to grind them i was still like (laughs) i just graduated (laughs) like i'm living in my parents basement i'm working at a ymca camp Neil and I are trying to get this band going, you guys. Chill out. Yeah, like most people, when they get that call, can probably like connect to some sort of, why are you calling me right now? Like It's wide-ranging, but everybody can come up with some reason why that's an annoying call to get, basically. I so. did, like, I did. I feel like I had, like, two or three instances on the call center that I can remember, like, of, and it was always, like, some some weird guy like he's like nah you don't even know about that school and he'd like ask me some weird trivia questions about the school and for some reason like i always like knocked him out of the park and he's like dang all right i'll give 15 (laughs) dollars yeah there was some that that was the one good part about the thing is like every now and then yeah you would get like a strange person to talk to or someone was like i didn't know that i'd be talking about xyz tonight but here we go that's wild Uh, yeah yeah. i love the fake doctor's note so good yeah good stuff thanks for calling max appreciate it right here in mini app all right uh i wonder who is uh on the call who we got hi kangaroo my name is annabelle and i'm from pittsburgh pennsylvania the worst job that i have had I don't have a real job, but I have jobs in my class. The worst I've ever had is learning target reader. Because, um, you don't really get to do it often because we always forget. And I'm not in fourth grade, I'm in third. Um, and sorry I didn't make it in on the last one. Okay, bye! Thank you very much, Annabelle, right there from uh, from Pittsburgh. You she, never have to worry, Annabelle. You never uh, have to worry about not getting in. Don't worry. Yeah, it's all you good. You got schoolwork. Yep. She did You're a busy not, third grader. Annabelle, you can usually hear her uh, lovely voice on every episode of this program, but sometimes she misses the cutoff, and that was the case last week. This week, she is uh, apparently driving a car and um and calling at the same time careful out there annabelle with the multitasking just be careful hey like i said like chores like she has class jobs i think she said like learning learning targets uh learning 
uh, target reader, I think is what she said. Oh, I googled cool. it. I'm not getting much here. So uh, learning targets. I mean, it sort of makes Every sense. Every school's got their own name for everything, you know. So Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's um, learning to read. I think that's kind of what this is. It's about like kind of reading comprehension or something like that. Um, but yeah, like job, like you said, Brian, there's job, not all jobs are uh, paycheck, uh, adult jobs. Sometimes you got chores. Sometimes you got stuff you got to do. Responsibilities is really, really the word for it, right? Like it's a responsibility that you have to do. I suppose when you're young, that's, that's the precursor to a job. First, you got to have responsibilities. Then you can get paid for those responsibilities. So yeah, right on. That's what's up. It's a little bit Annabelle, better. Annabelle, we I know uh, Annabelle's been hoping that we come to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We will return to the great city of Pittsburgh. We love Pittsburgh. A couple of our venues that we normally uh, frequent did not make it through the pandemic, and so Gosh. we will we will return to glorious Pittsburgh to return again to play yeah. a show. Yeah, we got to hang worry. out. I mean, it's cool to know someone from the fact that they call into your podcast, but it's better if you can high five and chat in person sometimes, too. So, someday, Annabelle. But yeah, um, Annabelle, someday you're going to have a worse job than uh, learning Target Reader. Um, but hopefully that's not for a while, right? You get to live it up and not have to worry about jobs. So so that's cool. But we appreciate you uh, calling in anyway. You had to make up for last week, I guess. But also, I think you're the only kid who called into this show. So uh, good on you because, uh, you know, you can find a way to make it make sense uh, no matter what. So thank you, Annabelle. Hope things are going well out there in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Whoops. Um, all right. We're on to um, another caller who's uh, on this show all the time. Hey, guys. It's Travis from Riverside. Now, the worst job I ever had, when you hear where I worked, you're going to think it would be the best place to work. But it was actually the worst. And when I was a teenager... I worked at Blockbuster Video. Now, as a kid, that's maybe one of the greatest spots on Earth. Friday night with your buddies, you go check out Mortal Kombat. You go check out Camp Nowhere. You go check out the 1994 baseball season highlights. You're grabbing a two-liter of Crystal Pepsi. You're stopping by Pizza Hut, getting a stuffed crust, and you're just having a great time. But working there was a complete nightmare. I worked there back in 2002. And so at that time, uh, VHS tapes hadn't quite been completely sifted out yet. The technology wasn't quite dead. So the store was half DVD, half VHS. And so I had to rewind VHS tapes. I had to get yelled at multiple times a day because what's really fun is when you have, like, a mom with her three kids who have been there for 20 minutes and she's stressed out and tired and she gets to the uh, checkout and you tell her she has $17 in late fees you're going to get yelled at. Uh, also, at that time, Blockbuster was open till 1 o'clock in the morning. And so you can imagine that the clientele from about midnight to 1 in the morning wasn't the best. So that was fun. And then also, after it closed at 1 in the morning, it took like an hour and a half to close the store, like organize it for the next morning. So that was great to get home at like 2.30 in the morning and have to be there the next day at like 9 to rewind VHS tapes. Uh, and also, uh, when I worked there, there was a string of robberies happening at armed robberies happening at the blockbusters in Southern California, where people, uh, this group was hitting blockbusters that were right next to freeways, which mine was. And they told us that if they robbed our blockbuster to press the panic button, tell the robbers we've just hit the panic button and the police were on their way just to make sure that, uh, you know, the worst possible scenario could occur for us. So that was fun. 
But the only, uh, there were two good things I will add. Number one, um, at that time, it usually took like six months for a movie to go from like the theater to being out uh, at Blockbuster. But they used to have the movies in the back in boxes like months ahead of time. So I used to get uh, movies on DVD and VHS like a month after they were in the theater. And then also someone from my Blockbuster was dating someone at the subway next door. So we used to get free subway. So that was pretty cool. I know this is long-winded. I apologize. Uh, last thing, last pod, uh, last podcast, I forgot to mention the podcast before I had, was, you guys freaked me out when, uh, I think it was Neil mentioned Kofax. I haven't heard the name Kofax in 20 years from another year on the street of Vagrant Comp. Going to happen is still a jam on my playlist. So thanks a lot, guys. Have a great day. Bye. Neil, I've been listening to that podcast and, and I do, I have been listening to that band. Kofax, there you go, yeah. and yeah, he mentioned the Vagrant uh, compilation, which is that's uh, one, one of the ways all those bands got really big. It was like Vagrant blowing up, and they put up this like free compilation you just get everywhere, and it had those songs on it. So I there think my go. mom like lost some Disney movie at Blockbuster and like <laughs> never paid like two thousand dollars in light fees, so we never went there as a kid or something like that. We always went to the local spot, Mister Movies. Oh yeah, we had the Mister Movies too. And uh, down in Farmington, good times. But uh, isn't it wild to drive through like some small towns in Minnesota and still see? Yeah, what's that? It was like family and, video, I think. Is yeah, that family one? video, orange and family black video. logo. Yeah, yeah. The the blockbuster, everybody. You know, I think obviously the adults know what's up, but if you're a younger person, you used to be able to go to a place and rent a physical copy of a movie or a video game. And uh, you had to bring it back. Otherwise, you had to bring it back in like two days. Otherwise, they charged you more money. So, yeah, pre-streaming, that's how you got to see all this stuff. And uh, Blockbuster was like the biggest chain of that all over the country. I think the best. I think I think it's great to get, uh, you know, free food next door. I mean, there's no other. I don't know why you'd have to be dating somebody there. I, I just think, like, you guys could, like, just have the just the hookup system back and forth, you know? Yeah, so. work out the work out the little handshake deal, uh, you know, behind behind the scenes. I like that, though. Some I feel like Subway and Blockbuster go together really well, and, and obviously Pizza Hut, like you mentioned. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, that's, Crystal Pepsi. I don't think I've ever had Crystal Pepsi before. I don't think so either. It was, like, clear, I think. It was, like, clear Pepsi. Um, okay, so yes, the sounds like tough times. It's just a weird era to work. You know, oh. the, the whole DVD to VHS transition seems like a bad time to work there because it's like you have to have like two. Obviously, okay, so the other thing about like these places was like if it was a new movie, they'd have like twenty copies of the same film. So it's like okay, you got to have all that like for both VHS and DVD, and like you said, rewinding the VHS thing. Oh, what a what a big mess this must have been. Plus all the video games, like all the video games were there too. Oh yeah, that's right. I, the getting the movies pre them going out, like mm-hmm. getting the getting to see them like a month after theaters, like that would be that'd be huge. That that'd be huge. That'd be huge. I remember. Um, I probably shouldn't name names who gave it to me, but like three <laughs> years ago, um, somebody sent me like a Dropbox folder full of like screeners, like uh, what do you call uh, it? Sure, like um, Oscar screeners, yeah, for Oscar your consideration, screeners. yeah, yeah, plus a bunch of other stuff. There are like twenty movies on there. I had seen one of them because like. <laughs> streaming just did not put video on demand like it did now you still had to like kind of wait or pay like 30 dollars. i crushed those they were the best oh 
Oh, and what you would do in that era, too, is like you would tape the tapes, right? That's what you could do if you had the right setup with the VHSs. You know, you could record, you know, the contents of one tape onto another tape or something like that, you know, and that's why there's the big like FBI warning on the beginning of all like all those tapes about like, you know, copying and, and, and you know, reselling and stuff like that. So that was what you would do is you just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get this. On, I'm going to tape it onto my own. So then I have it. It wasn't it wasn't the greatest quality, but that's how you get that stuff. So good times. Travis working uh working at the working at the good old video store and trying not to get robbed good times all right well we have uh one more caller so uh let's see what our worst uh last worst job is uh right here hey my name is zach and i'm a resident of henderson nevada um i've had a number of jobs in my life but my pattern is kind of working at jobs for several years at a time and I, I really only have one job where I, I after you know not even a month I was I was out uh, when I was in college about 20 years ago um, I had some friends who worked at a Gallup polls call center and uh, you know they thought it was great you could set your own hours the pay structure I mean it was probably like any telemarketing thing I've never done that but you know there was a quota type of thing where if you got more calls per hour than they thought you could get you could end up getting like twelve dollars an hour which was booming wages 20 years ago um, so I gave it a try uh, my friends thought it was great and uh, I don't know I, I started and it was just kind of uncomfortable for me um, just weird talking to people on the phone and I just ultimately felt like I was bothering people, but my, my breaking point came. Um, it, there was a survey every year that they would do right after the Super Bowl, and all the employees there were excited about it. Like every single survey that you could get people to take, you'd get paid like $25. It was a survey where you were asking people about the commercials they had seen, you know, some sort of market research. So I was there for it, and the game wrapped up, and uh, – it was, you know, I, I was in Lincoln, Nebraska at the time, so it was about 10 p.m. Central Time, and we had to wait about 20 minutes after the game and then start doing the calls. Every single call that the computer put through was somewhere on the East Coast where it was getting to be like 1130. So I had people who, you know, they probably had quite a few Super Bowl-flavored beverages. I, I got death threats. Uh, the worst, though, was like I'd get, after three and a half rings, you know, some panicked old lady went, Hello! You know, I was waking people up. At that point, I just felt like what I was doing was unethical. So I, it was getting close to midnight on the East Coast. Still, nobody would take the survey. I just felt horrible, so I left. Shortly after that, I, I got truly a sinus infection where I wasn't able to come into work for a while. Once that cleared up, I came back, clocked in, sat there at the little cubicle, and after about 20 minutes, I was just staring at the computer screen thinking, I would rather have a sinus infection again than do this work. So I stood up, clocked out, left, never went back. So that was the worst job I've ever had. I know in the grand scheme of things, there are far worse things out there, but that's the only one that uh, just wasn't for me. So I will sign off by saying long goodbye. Very clever, Zach. Oh, man. I don't know if anybody's ever done that before. Have we we had somebody, like, try and – you know, flip the long goodbye on us like that. that. That was good. Good one. That's great. Okay, yeah, calling, calling, calling people always at whatever old school dinner time was was yeah. always a no no. But then, yeah. ooh, it got too late, and what that late is is so subjective. But uh-huh. eleven thirty, oh, that's rough. Oh, yeah. that's rough. 
Yeah, and I think, yeah, we, yeah, we're talking a lot about that job, but that's, you know, we had two callers talking about call center gigs. So I think we would do that too, where we would have, would we have like our calls set up by time zone? So we would do our East Coast stuff first. I, 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 I seem to so. remember that yeah. being like just sort of a, you know, the thing that was like told to us to do so that you wouldn't run into this problem. Um, but also, I think we called relatively early, like it was like seven central or whatever. So the latest we'd reach people is like, you know, eight, eight thirty or something like that um, in their area. But like you said, everybody's got a different uh, barometer for what's too late and when you should call, especially if you're asking for money and all that stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's tough. This one sounds rough. You know, the, the Gallup poll, like I've heard that term before, Gallup poll, like G-A-L-L-U-P, I think is how you spell it and it sounds like they're just like a you know a big company that anybody can like hire to do like yeah market research and stuff like that or or whatever it is but uh yeah that's uh that stuff again just calling folks uh when they don't really you know they don't get anything from this phone call in fact you're asking for their time like that's a tough ass sometimes and you got to be the the you know faceless voice on the other side and that's even worse right if they, like, if they can't see you and look in your eyes they're way more likely to <laughs> really chew you out and give it to you and stuff so i can imagine how this would be a tough one i'd chew you out neil <laughs> you have yeah mostly over <laughs> mostly over zoom because we can't see each other yeah. oh come on come yeah. on zach you know what it doesn't matter there's lots of other stuff that's bad but you know bad subjective and it's always yep. of the moment so yep. i don't want Zach, I don't want you to have a sinus infection. Yeah, no more sinus infections. Keep keep uh, keep those uh, passageways clear. Neil, well, good bunch uh, of calls. Yeah, good calls right there. We had a good uh, thank you everyone who called in. Uh, all our uh, you know common callers who we've had before, and then uh, our newbies. Thanks for calling in as well. Um, you can always uh, be a part of any episode you want. And uh, well, we look at that. We have another one coming up here in two weeks, Brian. And uh, we want uh, to talk about playgrounds. Playgrounds are very important to us. They're very uh, uh, fun. I feel like most folks have fun memories of, of playground life. But uh, Brian, you as uh, someone who you know you, you really enjoy outdoor, you know, getting outdoors with your kids, and uh, you know, even before you had kids, you were into playgrounds, something fierce, probably from uh, kind of the camp, the campsite of you, right? Where it's like you got to figure out all this stuff to do with kids outside. So playgrounds, what we want to talk about. Uh, next episode so we're going to keep it simple what is the best part of a playground so what are we trying to get here brian what do we want people to call in and uh, talk about uh, here when they leave a voicemail for us i feel i feel like if we were going to say like what's the best piece of playground equipment people might get lost and they're like it's mm. the, it's a kickball mm-hmm. or whatever when we're trying to be like elements of a playground you know there's yeah. new there's old there's outdated there's you know specific ones to specific areas you know I like a spinny slide with the plastic top on it, you know, things like that. So, but yeah. it, it, uh, it can be subjective. What's the best part? Could just be friendship. Now could be friendship. It's a good answer for a lot of things, you know, just, just friendship. Uh, People just call and say friendship. friendship. Long goodbye. Hang up. Uh, so yes, what is the best part of a playground? Maybe there's uh maybe you got a good story from, uh, you know, something that happened to you in the past, uh, you know, with a playground that uh, really made you love one part of it or, uh, you know, maybe it's just simple because uh, it's just what you're always drawn to. Uh, maybe you're just really good at uh, the monkey bars because of your uh, incredible upper body strength. Who knows? Give us a call. I am not. <laughs> not you. 612-424-0036. And leave us a voicemail. We will uh, put you on the show if you do such a thing. So please uh, give us a call and we'll talk playgrounds here in two weeks. Uh, but right now, this show is not over. We got a couple more segments and... Um, we're going to do one called Recommendations. 
All right, we have to tell you what we're into and uh, recommend some things to you. Brian, would you like to get us started today? What uh, what would you like to recommend to the, the nice people who listen to our podcast? I have to start? You don't have to. Okay, I will. All right. Um, okay, I will. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a throwback to a thing I, that I don't know if a lot of people have checked out, but I'm very into pop music. Mm. Um, beyond that, I'm, I'm, I'm into all different kinds of pop music, but I'm really into the band One Direction. And now, especially with, with Harry Styles now headlining Coachella, uh, kind of brought me back into a little bit more 1D things, you know, a lot of 1D, um, playlists and, and such and so forth. But, uh, but I saw a recent, uh, uh, music blog I follow called Stereo Gum just posted about, um, the top 10 one direction songs and and in it the the writer states like how underrated these one direction pop songs are because people just don't like you know anything that has hordes of teenagers that is their fan base or just boy bands in general and it spoke to me so much because i feel like these one direction songs are they're hot they're good so i wanted to recommend that people try for the first time or give another listen to what I think is their best album. It's their uh, their fourth album called Four. You know, wow, wow, what a title, right? <laughs> By One Direction. So, so check it out. Mm-hmm. Had had uh, had some singles that were, you know, whatever. It's Steal My Girls, okay. Night Changes is real good, um, but uh, but the hits are there, and they're uh, you know, eighteens on there. Fool's Gold, Ready to Run, No Control. Check it out. So, four uh, a pop a pop album. Back from I don't remember when it came out. Oh, 2014. I love it. That's uh, you know, that's what I keep telling you about these recommendations. It doesn't have to be new stuff. You know, that's uh, it's kind of common. That's that's what it is. I'm recommending something new here, but I always tell always you, now, good. I'm like, what do I do that's new? I don't do new stuff. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you can always recommend uh, just something that people have maybe been sleeping on here a little bit. So, so four by one D. That's cool. And then, but Brian, why don't you, how how do you feel about uh, about Harry Styles these days? Uh, you know, um, I like this recommendation though because it's you're basically saying don't uh, don't forget about one D just because uh, you have the the teeny bopper craze stuff and uh, all the, the the sort of yeah the stigma of liking boy band music. It's just good pop music. Don't don't get it twisted. Um, but so I like that. But then like, how do you feel about the the Harry Styles? Uh, music these days, and I mean, he's massive. I mean, you just said it, headlining Coachella. That's that's uh, one of the bigger ones. So, uh, how, how do you I'm feel pro, about Harry? I am pro Harry Styles. Nice, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm pro Harry Styles. Now, I have not. Um, I, I, me personally, his two albums are not like repeat listens all the time. I do mm-hmm. have some songs that I like. I especially like uh, "Treat People with Kindness" on the new record. That song is that song's hot. That song's real hot. But I'm I've been I watch his clips on Instagram of all the people from his tour that like um, that post videos from his tour. His his charisma is undeniable. His charm is incredible. <laughs> and his new tour that just went up, it sold out in like a day. They sold a million tickets. Incredible. Gosh, that is wild. Good he's times. he's I, I was so surprised that when his first album came out. A little slower, a little bad, a little David Bowie, a little, uh, little from the past. And um, he's been taking his time. He's been going slow. He's, uh, he's, he's charting his own journey. And uh, 
and people are down for it. I'm and I'm I'm here for it too. So also, you know, I, I told you this earlier though, Brian. I'd like you to take a victory lap on uh, Encanto, which uh, you recommended a month ago. It was uh, you know you're recommending the film, but you know, and it's you know that's it's kind of uh, you know an obvious. Oh, it's the you know big Disney film for you know for one of their biggest Disney films for the year or whatever. Sure, that's that's not that big of a deal. But you you specifically called out the music and the soundtrack too, and that is what I'm seeing everywhere. Now I think a lot of people like the film don't get me wrong it's getting rave reviews everywhere but the songs and the music was was the part that i feel like you pointed out and kind of told people hey the soundtrack is hot and that's what everyone's talking about and the song is is number one in the country and stuff and, and i feel like you were on it a little earlier than most folks brian so i gotta well give you i mean there's this guy named lynn manuel Miranda, <laughs> and um, ooh, ooh. he's so <laughs> underground so i was taking yeah. a big risk by uh, suggesting yep. <laughs> that um so he it was difficult because he's an underdog uh-huh. you know what i mean and then he's working with a total unknown underdog studio disney i think it's called mm-hmm. and um it's it's tough you know it's uh i took a real risk on that so thank you for acknowledging i appreciate it no problem it. you're just you're so uh you're so hip you're so you got your ear to the ground brian so we appreciate that here on this program nice well i'll finally get to my recommendation and uh yeah, what you got neil it's a rock band that I've recently been listening to. They're, uh, it's a two-piece band from uh, Toronto called uh, Ducks Limited. Or Oh, dang. Kenny told me to listen to that band a long time ago. I think that's how you say it because it's Ducks LTD, period, which is the you know abbreviation for Limited. That's probably how you say it. Ducks Limited. Do I need to check out this record? It's hot? You, you do. You'd like it a lot. It's called uh, Modern Fiction is the name of the album. And uh, it's really good. It's just like a um, a really kind of like lo-fi indie rock, uh, clean guitars. Um, the word uh, jangly gets thrown around uh, when talking about them quite a bit. Um, I don't know. They kind of sound to me like uh, Bell and Sebastian a little bit. Uh, yeah, clean guitars, uh, some strings, like some orchestral elements every now and then. So it kind of reminds me of like almost like a British rock band, like a British twee kind of indie pop band almost type of thing you know really like laid back vocals and uh yeah it's just two people they're from toronto but it's like a full rock band kind of sound i think there's just like two two people are like they are the band but they probably tour with like four folks or whatever um but yeah i think it's all clean too so it's all uh you know i think it's uh it's good to listen to with whatever it's you know it's it's kind of i wouldn't say it's uh up tempo but it's not like sleepy stuff either you know it's kind of like fast guitars with shoegaze shoegazy yeah bell and sebastian um really short songs really simple songs they have like a 90 second song in there too so um, I think it's really good, and I think um, I just like this kind of music. I like the voice. I'm not really sure how to compare the voice. It's like a baritone vocal, maybe a little bit like the Smiths or something like that um, with the vocal again, kind of going back to the British type of thing. But, um, yeah, Ducks uh, Limited Modern Fiction is the album. You can get it to all your streaming services and stuff like that. And, yeah, it's like a good sort of, I don't know, good like sunny afternoon kind of weekend record or something like that. So, Check you know, I listened out. to a podcast this morning where they said the word jangly on it. Jangly. Yeah, I get it. it's a good word for it. You know, I, I don't mind it. You know, it's uh, especially when talking about guitars. I feel like that's that's 
it's, it's, it is something. I guess it, to me that just means like clean and fast. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Ducks Limited, check about the modern hey, fiction. Hey, uh, Neil, this is probably just something I should tell you off the podcast, but. No, no, it's uh, okay. Th- whatever, the mics are just on. It's all yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I was listening. So, you know, Phil from uh, Someone Still Loves You, Boris Yeah, Yeltsin. yeah. He had posted about they're, he they're did a jangly. podcast. They're a jangly band. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they uh, he was interviewed by uh, Polyvinyls doing a podcast, kind of like telling the Polyvinyl label like story, oh, wow. just like the Vagrant Records thing. I recommend. Yeah. 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 And so That's I listened cool. to that one, um, and then they're they're talking to a couple different artists about they're in the mid era, like the two thousand two oh, okay. to two thousand like eight era, uh-huh. and uh, but they were talking about the like heavy run of like hits that of montreal had and i was like it just clicked in right there i had to like pause it and i listened to all of hissing fauna are you the destroyer and that <laughs> album is so hot and then i went back and listened yeah. to this podcast but you should put that on tonight while you're hanging out and yeah listen to that of montreal record and what what show did we go to at first have that was it like a couple records later, or was it right off of Hissing Fun? I think it was that record, yeah, because I can think of that uh, like kaleidoscope kind of artwork that they had for that album. That sounds about right, is that was the era. It was either that one or maybe the album after, but yeah, I think so. But yeah, that's that's cool. You rec- that you um, you know um, you know said that because that's that's the same thing with that Vagrant thing where it's like, oh yeah, like it gets you to go back and listen to some of these things you might not have heard before with like a different perspective and or just it just reminds you of like, oh yeah, there's all these great albums that maybe just I don't know, just pass by you or whatever, but they're still they're still awesome. Like you maybe you've listened to it too much at this point, but it's good to go back to some of those things. So I love the vagrant one where the, everybody's like thought this one guy owned the record, but he just was he, everybody, <laughs> everybody everybody thought he owned the record label, but he didn't. Even like Mark Hoppus from Blink One Eighty Two. I was trying to think of this. That's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, this guy listen. didn't own the label. No, it was this guy. <laughs> what? Oh, oh man. <laughs> The things you learn. All right, cool. That is recommendations for us. And uh, check out that, that music right there, you guys. We'll link to all that in the show notes. And uh, up next, we're going to play a game. Let's have some fun. All right, it's a Name That Tune. And uh, this is where I uh, make uh, make Brian guess uh, clips uh, of music, I'm going to play you a little short clip, Brian, and you're going to have to guess uh, what oh, the man. I gotta be what the song game. is. And these are all songs that are about uh, working or about jobs or about uh, laboring, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it fits with the theme. We got four of them here. I tried to. I think these are all pretty well-known songs. I think you'll probably go four for four, but I tried to get the clips to be a little shorter. So, uh, as usual, play along at home and uh, yell it out when you know it. Here is tune number one. Oh, the classic. One of the classics. Here's one more time. Oh, Brian, do you know that song? It's Taking Care of Business. I'm trying to think of the, it's It's a band. It has three letters. <laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't have got this band name unless I saw it here today. Oh, BTO, Bachman Turner Overdrive. There it is, Kay. BTO. Just had to think about it for one Taking second. Taking care of business. Man, they have some hits. That's uh, that's probably the biggest one right there. Taking care of business reminds me of- I'm guessing it's not three band members, right? It's not Bachman, Turner, and Overdrive. Overdrive's like- <sighs> We got to find out. something they added. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We can get to the bottom of that one. All right, here. Uh, good job that you got one. You're one for one. Let's go to uh, tune number two. 
Ooh, I love those guitars. Brian, can you name that tune? Uh, I could not tell you maybe what the tune is. I'm guessing it's a stick song, though. It is sticks. It is sticks. I can and hear they... from that keyboard. Oh, okay, okay, so now I have to take organ. a guess. Yeah, guess uh, guess of the song. I will say, yeah, that that uh, that melody guitar there is the name of the song when they sing it in the chorus. So, uh... oh man, darn <laughs> man! Oh, my dad's gonna be mad. He loves sticks. <laughs> the classic rock. I um, could, I couldn't. I, if if it's that, I would guess just another one of the hits. But I, I couldn't okay, tell you what's, so what's that. It, what is it? So the the words that go before it are, I'm gonna be a. Blue collar man. Oh, blue, blue collar, collar man. Okay, there we go. Blue oh my collar gosh. man. I'm gonna listen to sticks now tonight. That's what uh, I gotta do. I, I gotta, I gotta punish myself. Let's go. <laughs> Sweet I'm better. I'm better there. than this. All right, let's see if we get this one. Here's number three. Ooh, some uh, something different there. Going away from the classic rock. Going away from the KQ. Here's one more. Listen to that one. Some is this a new song? It's uh, it's yeah, it's it's newer. It's not a, it's not a throwback song. It's got a throwback sound. It's from like yeah. ten. Is that years Leon ago. Bridges? It's not. Good guess though. Uh, it's the, that's that's the kind of thing it is though, where it's like a throwback sound with like a modern guy. The um, the artist, or I'll give you the. I'm trying to think. Should I give you the artist or the name of the no, song? No, it's in that realm, right? Of Leon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is it Raphael Sadiq? It is an artist named Aloe Black. Oh, Aloe Black. Okay, yeah. With the okay. song "I Need a Dollar." I need All right. A dollar, dollar. I was, dollar. I wasn't, I was close. I wasn't there. That was like a, uh, that was like a theme song for some TV show. I don't know if it was Treme, which is the show that you know followed The Wire. Yeah, yeah, um, totally. HBO I think show. Maybe that's what it was. But Aloe Black, right yeah, there. I like this. I like dollar. them hard like this. This okay. is great. All right, this is uh, last one here. This is um, um, we'll see, we'll see how you do here. I, I feel like uh, this one is uh, right up your alley, Brian. Let's uh, not to put too much pressure on you, but uh, let's see if you can get this last one. Listen to it here. Ooh, some uh, some '80s pop stuff right there. Here it is again. Something oh my a, gosh, Neil! Something you of a wedding me. song here, but this is a this is a non-obvious part of the song. It's like the pre-chorus to this song. So uh, yeah, big. Is this wed- a Bonnie Tyler song? I I don't know who Bonnie Tyler is actually. So no, it is not. Uh, big wedding song, uh, kind of a, a solo artist, solo female uh, pop artist here, probably from the eighties. Although it might be a seventies song, I'm not really sure. Is it Pat Benatar? Is Donna Summer? That's not wow. Donna Summer. She works hard for the money, right there. Oh my hard gosh! For the money, Neil. She works hard. Yeah, uh, but this is like the little pre-chorus. I don't know. I wanted to make it a little tougher, and I think uh, that's great. I think Here, I I'm did that. A bunch of white girls. There we go. Donna Summer. She works hard for the money. So yeah, some songs about working, taking care of business. Blue collar. Oh man. duh, I Neil. A there's dollar. a theme. That's a theme. You didn't and, even tell uh, me that. It works that's hard great. for the money. So there you go. That's the game. Hopefully, I hope other. I hope others listening did better. Hopefully, did better than Brian. He only got like two, but um, that's all right. Sometimes you make them tough, make it hard out there to stump you. 
That is uh, Name That Tune, and um, we're almost done with the show, but don't go anywhere because we got to tell you what is new with Koo. All right, Brian, we, we made it this far in the show. Time to stop keeping all these secrets from our friends and family, our listeners. What is new in the world of Cuckoo Kangaroo? I think we can tell them. I think we can, I think we can let them know at this point in the show. They're, they're, they're true fans. They've made it this deep into this podcast. Well, we've had a have a, we've we've announced a couple more shows for our tour. Ooh, we had to wait to had to hold off a little bit. They said, and, "Wait, wait, uh, wait," and we said, "Okay, okay, okay." We're like, "Okay, we'll do it, we'll do it." So uh, we are playing New York City. <sighs> we are playing Boston, Massachusetts, mm. playing Detroit, Michigan, and Chicago, Illinois. So um, if you are near any of those places. Um, you know, near being like, even if you're 30 minutes away, please do not email us and be like, why are you not playing 30 minutes away? It's, it's because we're playing another 30 minutes away that Ooh. you could come to, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You can easily get to that show. Just drive on over, take a bus, whatever you got to do. Um, but yeah, we got some, uh, some East Coast and some Midwest shows added to the slate. Uh, tickets um, are available on our websites, and uh, there'll be a link to that in the show notes. Um, of this podcast, so you can uh, click that and uh, go get tickets. It'll be a good time. Brian and I, we got our first show, uh, you know, here as we record this coming up this weekend. As you hear this, it will have already happened. Hopefully, it was an incredible one that uh, you know all the all the big publications are writing about, and you're hearing about it all over the country. But you know, we got a lot more shows coming up, and uh, we're going to be playing a lot, uh, playing a lot of them all over the country. So please come check us out. Uh, we've, we played some shows last fall, but really this is kind of like uh, the first like proper tour that we'll be doing post uh, post the pandemic shutdown, which happened uh, a few years ago. Still dealing with the pandemic. Oh, really, Neil? Wow, thanks. Everybody's, Everybody's helping us. Everybody really needs to know about that one. Yes. Just in case you forgot about it, everybody. It's still happening. And, uh, just in case it isn't still controlling every part of your life. That's just, right. we got to let you know. But it's not, it. it's not keeping us away from these towns anymore. We're going out there. All the shows are in the afternoons on weekends. So come on out. Get yourself a ticket or two. We also have some new uh, merchandise, Brian. Um, we got to get know, it up in the store. We got to get it up there. I'm going to take a picture of it. And it's going to go in the store. But... Uh, by the time you hear this, it'll be uh, up there or close to being up there. We have mugs for the for the first time ever, I believe. I don't think we've ever had a had a mug or any kind. We of were gonna dr- do like classic, just like coffee cups, and Neil's yeah, like ceramic. Oh, I want to do something special, something nice. Mm. So you track down this uh, Polish company that has like original hardware from like the beginning of time, basically, and they make these enamel mugs. Enamel mugs are um, going to be available in our store as well. They're uh, otherwise known as like campfire mugs. When you see the picture, you'll kind of get it. Um, they are they are they're known to be you know very hard to break. So you know ceramic mug, you drop that thing, it's going to be a million pieces on your floor. Ceramic mugs, take them anywhere. You know they're just they're very sturdy and uh, just nice to hold. Nice lightweight. And uh, we got a really cool design. Um, our faces are in there somewhere. So uh, yeah, check out the enamel mugs. And uh, you know, it's good for uh, good for the winter times to so stay warm. 
on the couch or take it camping, you know, go out there with it. So that's fun. Always good to do new, um, you know, new types of merch. I don't think we've ever done any sort of drinking receptacle at all. We've never had like a like a pint glass or a shot glass or any sort of mug or a water bottle or anything. So this is it. We're, we're dabbling in some different areas, Brian. Are so. you saying this is it? Like we won't do those things either? This if is people it. Don't buy, if you don't buy it, this will be it. <laughs> so guys, get on there. Get out there. Brian will send it to your house or come to a show. And uh, we'll have merch there as well. Are we bringing um, mugs? They're so heavy. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, those are those will probably stay back. So we'll, we'll ship one to you, though. Don't worry about it. Uh, but that'll do it for this episode of Banter Buddies. Wow. We talked about uh, work and uh, the, the worst jobs possible. Good. To, I hope it was good for all our callers to get all that off their chest, you know, talk about the talk about the tough times and and maybe de-stress by, uh, you know, talking about it a little bit uh, on the podcast. I hope that's the case anyway. I hope so, too. I I am going to go kick myself about not knowing stick songs. So Oh, stick songs. And, uh, yeah, we have to – I guess there's a lot of people out there we learned today that we did like call center work and stuff. So uh, we have that in common with you. We stand in solidarity with all the folks who had to go through that tough, tough stuff. I'm uh, calling people. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Banter Buddies. What is the best part of a playground? That's our question for you. Call us, 612-424-0036. Leave a voicemail, and it will be on the next episode of the show. We want to talk all about the, the slides and the monkey bars and the and the thing that goes around and around and the wood chips and the gravel. I don't know. All this stuff. We'll talk about all of it. Brian's going to geek out really, really Neil, it sounds like you need to go to a playground. I know. I need to find out what the playground... Oh, no, they have the rubber. They have the rubber pieces now. You know, that's uh, probably safer or more environmental or hopefully both. Good times. Uh, Yeah, give us a call, and uh, we'll do another show here in a few weeks. Appreciate everybody listening. Thanks to Neil Z for making our theme song. Thanks to Wampa Stampa for teaching us about NFTs. Uh, good times, and I'm excited to do this again. It'll be uh, it'll be another classic episode next time we do it. Until then, goodbye, Brian. Bye, Neil.